Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Backmarkers F1 show. As you can see, we started there on time. We did not jump the start. Yes. Unlike one Mr. Sebastian Vettel did at this year's Japanese Grand Prix. This is our recap podcast. Chris alongside Shaker. Uh, Tyler, is, this is one of his busy weeks. It is. So, a busy few weeks, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's working uh, long hours, so he can't join us, unfortunately, for this episode. So hopefully we'll have him back for uh, for the Mexican yeah. Grand Prix. It's that uh, time of the year where like every sport in North America kind of starts up. So you got uh, football, CFL winding down. You got f- football, soccer winding down. Sorry, <laughs> and then you got hockey starting up. So it's kind of a it's a mixed bag for uh, for Tyler at the moment. Yeah, that's right. And uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to our yes. Canadian viewers out there. Uh, obviously, for anybody outside of uh, the U.S. or really North America, I don't think Europeans really do uh, Thanksgiving or anything like that. So it was a uh, three-day weekend uh, for most of us here, which is why yeah. we're coming out a day later uh, this week after the race. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good Thanksgiving. Mm, it was. I quite enjoyed it. It was nice and relaxing for me. But yeah, it was good. That's good. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. We were just talking about this before we got on was the format for this weekend, obviously because of the typhoon. First of all, super happy that the race... And the qualifying eventually happened. It was crazy how on Saturday it was heavy rains and obviously mm-hmm. a lot of damage in other areas of Japan. And then Sunday it was like a bright sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. You never would have seen that there would have been a typhoon that just came through. And yeah, it was super Sunday qualifying at 10 a.m. And I found that the format was pretty interesting. Like I, I enjoyed the fact that like Sky Sports was on the air from basically qualifying pre-show all the way until the post-race. Mm-hmm. So I found it really interesting that it was pretty much like almost six straight hours of F1 the live. Broadcast, yeah. And you got to think about their changeover and everything where they've got to change sets around to go from their, you know, their qualifying set or whatever it is to, to, their, to get to their next position for the start of the race. So it's quite a lot to uh, do all in, you know, all together when it comes down to it as a broadcast team. So, you know, good for Japan and Sky Sports for making that happen. And not just that too, but the broadcast center. So Formula One management that, you know, is obviously in responsibility yeah. to broadcast the race. They had to tear everything, most of everything down on the sat on the Friday in preparation for the typhoon. And then they had to repack out everything on, on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's crazy. Which was like 5, 6 a.m., something like that. And then you think of all the drivers who on posting on Instagram, you know, just playing FIFA. <laughs> Did you see the video of uh, Lando and Carlos bowling? Yes. That was brilliant. Yeah. They're yeah. just amazing. They're The chemistry that they've got, it, I mean, and they haven't come together on track once this year. No. They're always close together in qualifying, but then like off the track, they're just hilarious. Well, there's been that one incident a few weeks ago where Lando, Lando Norris questioned what the hell that guy was doing. Right. <laughs> but in practice, right? But it's still, it's... It's hilarious, yeah. The, and the FIFA tournament, obviously. Yeah, um, and then Roman was, uh, you know, making his uh, model car. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I know Lewis Hamilton went into Tokyo. Yeah, what was that all about? It's the Miami of Japan. <laughs> I don't know how they let him go there, though. <laughs> like, It's like, dude, there's a typhoon. I mean... I- I, I don't know. I guess you you know if you win if you win enough championships, you can just do whatever you want. I guess day off. 
Did you uh, hear what Kimmy said, though? <laughs> because no. they asked everybody, like, oh, after the Friday, like, what are you doing on the Saturday day off? And he's like, I doubt that I'm going to go fly back to Europe to see my family. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Kimmy, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's a possibility. <laughs> Sorry, you man. You can fly them out here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I thought maybe Lewis was going to miss uh, the start of qualifying, but he got back in time, I guess, which is good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting Saturday. Yeah, exactly. You know, it kind of made it for a nice little day off for everybody, which is interesting. Yeah, it was good banter, though, online. And, uh, yeah, the FIFA tournament didn't go so well for Carlos Sainz. I think Max Verstappen won it, right? That's what he said? I don't know, but I know he said he he was saying he'd beat Carlos Sainz pretty bad. So. <laughs> okay. Carlos Sainz really had no response to it, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Max has that, uh, like, console or whatever that he brings yeah, around. Yeah, like you can buy it at EB Games or GameStop if you're in America or some video game store if you're in Europe. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Um, but, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. You just sort of load your Xbox in. It comes built in with the TV, so it's... If you want to just play some video games while you're on a flight or anything, or if you have a day off in F1, it's a good little thing to have. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, they all managed to uh, pass the time, and then we got to the qualifying, which was first on the Sunday, and the one thing that I was worried about was, well, what if a driver makes a mistake, and, and they crash the car, they damage the car, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really tough rebuild for the team, and it happened twice. It happened first with Robert Kubica, which was a really bad one, and then... Kevin Magnuson. Excuse me, yep, Kevin Magnuson, who... Managed to bring the car back to the pits, but had some pretty decent damage as well. But yeah, Kubica was a weird one. And I mean, I guess it was a mistake, but they were trialing different front wings. They actually had the 2020 front wing on the car in the practice sessions. And I guess if you need more parts, you just take whatever you can get. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, they've already written off the season probably like 12 races ago. So yeah. they're already revamping for, for 2020. But obviously, they went back to the old front wing for the race and, and qualifying. And I don't know if that had something to do with it, but I don't know if it was necessarily 100% his fault because even though Kubica has his limitations now, he's a really experienced and a very good driver. So for him to make that mistake was, yeah. was quite a surprise. For sure. Um, yeah, and then Kevin Magnuson had a pretty bad one. But he had a good race from what I remember overall. He didn't do awful. I think, uh, well, where did he end up finishing? I think that he did struggle that. in the second half of the uh, race. Yeah, finishing 17th. 17th. Okay, never mind. I am mistaken. Yeah, I mean, Haas was always uh, on the back foot here, but it's tough, right? Because when you go to... They had that big wind in the qualifying as well, which was catching yeah. the drivers out. Yeah. And it was just like tiptoeing their way through Q1 and Q2, and I think in Q3 they were a little bit more aggressive with it. Um, but yeah, what a lap from Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Kind of... Uh, I almost want to say came out of nowhere because he's been... That would have been his 10th qualifying in a row had Leclerc out uh, outpaced him and uh, yeah his first pole since Montreal obviously which was almost 10 races ago and just put in a fantastic lap and not only that but if you remember in Singapore when he put in the first lap in Q3 mm-hmm. which was really good and he had provisional pole but this time he put in provisional pole lap and then on his second run went at about a tenth faster I think yeah. so no he had a very good qualifying uh, I mean, Ferrari in general had a very good qualifying overall, like they have been the last, you know, like you said, 10 races or so. Um, yeah, fifth pole in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. Ferrari, yeah. And their pace was, their Mercedes's pace on the Friday looked so good with their new updates, and it seemed like, okay, this was going to be a track that Ferrari was going to struggle at a little bit more. And then out of nowhere on qualifying, yeah, one, two. Yeah. 
Mercedes a good two, three tenths behind. Uh, the Red Bulls were very far off, which is unfortunate. I think you know we were right, and, and the Verstappens were right in the end, saying that they were about a half a second behind. Mm-hmm. They ended up being about seven tenths behind Ferrari, so that was kind of disappointing. But it all looked good on, on the Sunday morning for, for Vettel and for Ferrari. And then in classic Ferrari fashion, they find a way to fuck it all up. I just, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> you're, how do you mess it up so bad to, you know, have such an uh, like amazing weekend with despite all the circumstances that came to it and then just mess it up on a start? Yeah. It must be really hard to be a Ferrari fan. Yeah. And I mean, we cheer for them and, and everybody knows Vettel's my favorite driver, but Jesus Christ. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, Kimi Raikkonen kind of had that mess up, what, two weeks ago, two races ago now? Yeah. Um, so it does happen to happen to experienced drivers, but it's just hard to see, you know, somebody that was had pole position and was pretty much set up to win this race to lose it on a very bad start because he was keeping up with Valtteri Bottas the entire race. He wasn't really struggling very much, so it, it's kind of hard to see. Um, I mean, good on Valtteri for taking making the best out of it, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, he great, had a great start. Great start to take it over and just lead the entire race as you should have, so. Yeah, it, it was just... Oh, it was Sebastian should have, sorry. Right. And who knows? I mean, Ferrari did struggle a lot in the race pace and in terms of taking care of their tires, and that's where they're still lagging behind Mercedes. Yeah. And it really showed in this race. But had Vettel gone through turn one and lap one as the leader, most likely could have held on to the victory. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know in Suzuka, it is difficult to overtake. It's difficult to follow, especially in the first sector. So, yeah, I mean, he probably would have went on to win the race. Um, but who knows? Obviously, the the things that happened behind him with Leclerc's cl- crash, which we'll get into, and then Hamilton, obviously. Um, so had that not happened, maybe Ferrari could have stayed one too. Yeah. Who knows? If Ferrari's turning their season into a bunch of what ifs, right? And and yeah. this was another case of it. But I, I was just saying that they got another one two. This is the second one two in a row that they've actually sorry the third. If we go back to Singapore, yeah. And they haven't been able to hold on to any single one of them except for Singapore. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I really hope that Vettel eventually does win a title for Ferrari so that we can take all of these mistakes and make a really sick documentary out of it. <laughs> and just like play all of these mistakes back and forth and back and forth. And then just one day show him with the world championship. Yeah. But man, just add that to another another line of mistakes from Vettel. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, and like you said, it kind of was just downhill from for Ferrari from from there on. Um, a lot of mistakes. I mean, the first one went to turn two. Yeah, with uh, <laughs> with Max Verstappen. Yeah, well, just before we get into that incident, I I kind of wanted to explain why his jump start wasn't oh, a penalty. Yes, yeah, sorry. Because it was confusing to me too. I I wasn't sure of the regulation, and I thought that if you jump the start before the lights go out, that it's an automatic penalty. We saw that with Raikkonen, yeah, obviously, yeah. but. The difference being, and I'll, I'll get the exact wording here from the FIA exactly. Um, so the stewards reviewed video evidence uh, and the jump start report based on the information from the FIA approved and supplied transponder fitted to each car. So they have all these sensors on the car and actually on the start lines. While the video shows some movement from Vettel's car, that movement was within the acceptable tolerance of the F1 jump start system. So when you look at his start, the fact that he jumped at first, then he stopped, so he didn't go past that yellow line on the grid, and then once the lights went out, released the clutch again, and then got on his way. So that is why he didn't get a penalty, versus Raikkonen, for example, and a lot of people were comparing the two. He 
went outside of his grid slot box, passed mm-hmm. that yellow line, and then continued on afterwards. So, and if we go back, actually, there was an incident at Austria where Carlos Sainz did almost the exact same thing. Jumped the start initially, stopped while he was still in his box, then after the lights went out, continued, didn't get a penalty for it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we've seen before. Maybe it hasn't been penalized before. And obviously for Vettel, it was an obvious one because he was the leader. Um, Carlos Sainz was much farther down the field in, in Austria. So probably a lot of people didn't even really notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why he didn't get a penalty. So people thought that the FIA, also known as the Ferrari International Assistance, yes. they thought they they were back and helping Ferrari. And I kind of almost thought it too, but that is uh, not per the regulation. So there you go. Well, I kind of felt like that the entire race with the whole leaving Charlotte cleared out, oh, not giving a penalty. God. I'm sure we'll get into that stuff a little bit later. Let's but yeah. open it right now. <laughs> yeah, like it kind of just gets into the whole situation starting off with the accident on turn two with Max Verstappen and Charlotte Claire. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, no one was hurt, which is, you know, the best circumstance out of any, any accident that happens. Uh, but it kind of ruined Max Verstappen's race. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know why it took so long for them to review, especially because they passed it over saying it was a racing incident at some point. And I don't know, like, to me, it f- did not look like a racing incident. I, like at the, When you first looked at it, I personally could not tell who was to blame in that situation if Max cut too much, uh, went too much out of his racing line in Charlotte Claire's way or if it was the other way around. Um, and then as soon as you watch the replay a few times, you know, made a little bit more sense of what was going on. Um, I see in your notes, you have who was to blame. So I'm personally, <laughs> yeah, that was a question. <laughs> personally going to say it was Charles Leclerc. Okay. <laughs> Get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. I just, yeah. So, uh, I'm glad we're on the same page here. Yes. Um, yeah, I just, you know, after you saw the replay, I think the swords kind of felt the same way, you know, like I, like I kind of explained it. I just didn't understand why they passed it over, what, five or six laps in when you had seen the replay a few times already and seen what was going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a really shitty accident, to be honest. And Yeah. It, kind of the same situation as to Hungary. Uh, where Charles Leclerc took like the the bunt end of it, where he got pulled off track, and you know they didn't call it a uh, they called it a racing incident, and Max ended up winning that race. Austria, I think Austria. Austria yeah. Sorry, yes, not Hungary. Uh, with Austria, but in this one, it looked did look like more. It was more of an accident than a racing racing incident. Oh, for sure. I think those are are two completely different ones. And and in that case, I mean Leclerc continued on in the race. Yeah, and you know he actually had a chance to overtake in the next corner and the next lap. This one, so I, I agree with you too. I, I definitely think it was Charles Leclerc's fault. Definitely wasn't intentional. No, um, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. You know, he lost downforce in that fur and it's turn two and then understeer into Max Verstappen. But again, it was in it was a mistake from Charles Leclerc. Mm-hmm. And that mistake led to Max Verstappen's race finishing. I mean, he had massive floor damage. I think they said uh, he lost up to twenty five percent downforce because of the floor damage. Yeah. And he eventually had to retire. So you have to penalize a, a driver in that situation. And he ran him out of road. He didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, obviously, Max was trying to make an overtaking maneuver and just got squeezed and, yeah. and got turned around. So, yeah, I, I was confused at the same time, too, why they took so long. And initially, why the first call came in that there was no investigation necessary. And this is the whole thing. I, and I tweeted this out, too, that the steward, the stewarding that we got from the Japanese Grand Prix just confused the fans even more. Yeah. 
so many especially because after montreal they were being you know very they were very consistent with how everything was going we didn't have have issue with any calls and it to kind of come to japan and have have, have that happen in the very first lap was just kind of weird situation from the fia right at and, the moment yeah I mean, there's and, other weird situations with the fia but. yeah many weird ones <laughs> in this race yeah but even when we go back to italy they showed the black and white flag to charles leclerc yeah when his battle with lewis hamilton so I mean that I just I'm not saying that incident should have applied to this one, but that flag should have been used in other incidents yeah. relating to even Charles Leclerc. But for sure, it was an incident that had to be investigated. So for them to get on, uh, you know, and show everyone within two or three laps that no investigation was necessary was kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. And he, when Max Verstappen, they told him on the radio, he was like super pissed off about it. Because... Oh, yeah. You can hear it in his voice right away. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, it wasn't even a few laps later or anything. He was screaming right off the bat. Oh, for sure. So, I'm not sure what the reasoning was. And then they took a whole 180 on it and then investigated, I believe, after the race because... We I only... believe what they were saying is they talked to Max after he had come out uh, of his car. I believe was one of the things that they kind of uh, looked more into afterwards after right. they had talked to Max a little bit about the situation. I mean, I understand if they said that it's going to be looked at maybe after the race, but for them to say no investigation necessary was weird. i also not exactly sure why they revealed that to Max Verstappen on radio because, I don't know, I feel like that's something you want to keep your driver focused. Yeah. So maybe not the best thing to tell him on radio, but anyways, his race ended shortly after that. So confusing from that standpoint from from the FIA, and, and this is a whole debate, right, about the stewarding. We want to let these guys race. And a lot of people were saying, well, you know, this is Max Verstappen has done this before and et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of these incidents are different, but I think that in that case, a penalty was fair to be given. And Charles Leclerc was given a five second penalty yeah. in the end for that incident. I think there's a difference between hard racing, pushing a guy offline versus, you know, creating right into his car mm -hmm. and forcing him out of the race eventually. I think that that has to be penalized. And Martin Brundle talked about that in a tweet and some other drivers as well. So, But afterwards, I think the, the part that kind of pissed me off more was what happened between Leclerc, Ferrari, and the FIA, and him staying out an extra, what, maybe five laps or so with that damaged car. Yeah. I, I have a couple of issues with Charles Leclerc in this race. You've, uh, you've had some in the past couple of races. Yeah, <laughs> I just... This one is kind of weird. It's a weird situation. Because... Like the instance that you're talking about, where he kind of stayed out um, after his, you know, front wing was badly damaged, his uh, his mirror was not there, didn't exist. Uh, well, actually, sorry to interrupt, but it was there, and he was hanging on to it by his right hand. Yes, I must say that I think F1's getting a little too easy if you can go through 130R one-handed. Yeah, no, I do have to say that. <laughs> what the hell year. is that? Well, and, and you know what the thing is, too, is I saw some people that were saying, because we heard Leclerc on the radio, it's it's quite okay. I know it looks bad, but it's okay. Obviously, he can't see his front wing because yes. people were saying that, you know, how is Leclerc supposed to see his front wing? Well, it's like Kimi Räikkönen at the earlier this season, <laughs> this season when they asked him how his front wings were doing, and he said, you tell me, because obviously, you can't fucking see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what he can see is his mirror that's hanging on by a thread because he's holding on to it. Yeah. So he should have known that then he need to pit. But uh, anyway, sorry, continue. Um, 
Speaking of, sorry, now we're talking about this mirror. Did Lewis Hamilton get a new mirror when he got, went to the piss? I don't, they never focused on it, so I'm not entirely too sure. No, he didn't. He just drove without, with the one mirror then. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah. So a few, I, I feel bad, con- like, uh, saying these things about Charlotte Claire because he, it's a weird situation to be in where, like you said, he couldn't see his front wing and he decided to stay out because he thought his car was doing fine. But obviously his pit was telling him to come in. His front wing's damaged. Like, there's debris all over the place, ruining Lewis Hamilton's race at the same time. Uh, so, you know, he decides to pit a few laps too late, in my opinion. Um, I'm just going to jump forward yep. to the last 10 laps. Uh, when Ferrari decided to have to have Charles Leclerc pit uh, onto the soft tires, I believe. Yeah, trying to, to go for the fastest lap. Trying to go lap. for the fastest lap. And... He said he was about to say that he doesn't understand why he should come back in, but then he didn't argue. Where I personally think he should have argued in that point to to stay out because his tires were doing fine, and with the new graphics we saw at the Japanese Grand Prix with tire wear, big fan of him by the way. Fantastic, yeah, it really ah really tells you what they're dealing with. He had seventy percent tire wear left on his left on his tires, so yeah, it's I, I feel bad saying these things, but I guess when you're in the situation of a driver, it's a little bit different. You kind of just got to listen to your team and do as they're told. Uh, but what we've seen from the last few weeks of Charles Leclerc, he likes to speak up and, you know, let say what's on his mind. So but maybe Ferrari did have a talk to him about that with what happened in Singapore, Singapore, Russia. Maybe it was Russia. Both. Both. Yes. Um, so maybe he did have a, maybe he did get talked to after those two races and didn't say very much after that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's kind of all their faults. It's the fault of Ferrari. It's the fault of Leclerc as well. I mean, as a driver, you're probably not going to want to come into the pits and, and you're not really thinking about safety first, but... Could have also still kept his position at the end with, with that five-second penalty. Right, and I mean, he didn't get close. Uh, he ended up dropping from sixth to seventh place. Seventh, right, yeah, yeah. Ricardo. But I think if he had... Didn't have uh, if he had kept his tire uh, stayed on track, probably would have kept it. Right, he would have kept his track position. Yeah, for sure, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I actually had the transcript because we were talking about team radio because we didn't hear a lot of the team radio. We heard so they initially. Let me just back it up to over here. They called him in, and what the teams understand and what we understand as fans is that when there are loose parts on a car, the FIA order you to come in if you refuse to pit. Now, obviously, it's kind of pretty standard that if you got front wing damage, you box the next lap that you can. Yeah. But as we mentioned, Leclerc wanted to stay up, but it was obvious that he had the front wing damage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Leclerc was reporting that he's got damage and that they're checking it. And it was on the left side of his car. And right away, parts just started to fly off. They started to fly off. And I'm just going to bring it to this first part of the radio transmission um, so he was turning, I'm not exactly sure which lap this is, but he was turning into the apex of turn 15. Leclerc gets the message to box now, box. So this team is calling him in and he passes the, Leclerc passes the pit lane exit. He asks why. And then on the start, finish straight, he, he says again, why it was too late. Copy understood. So he was given the message. Yeah. He ignored the message and he stayed out. And then at that point, the FIA came in and stepped in because the Lewis Hamilton incident happened where the front wing fell off or, or the parts of the front wing fell off. And I'm just going to pull that up here. We can see the damage on Lewis's car. Um, 
it took off his right hand side of his uh, yeah. of mirror. And when you look at the video too, I I can't believe how Hamilton saw this. Like I don't know how he's able to see the wing that part fly off and actually steer out of the way, but that that's a very dangerous incident. And this is what really upset me about it because we've seen Felipe Massa get hit in the face by a spring. Yeah. But this is even worse because Ferrari and Leclerc know that they have a damaged car and they're still being allowed to run around the racetrack and that could have hit Hamilton easily in the head. Yeah. I know we have the halo, but the part might have been small enough to be able to, to hit his right visor. It. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't matter how small that part is when you're traveling at 200 miles an hour. That's going to make a massive impact. It's carbon fiber. Exactly. I've rubbed my hand over carbon fiber. It fucking hurts, man. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part is these are small little splinters. Carbon fiber stays in your hands. You can't like push it out in any way. You just have to wait for wait for it to leave your body. It, it sucks. And I'm sure if you got carbon fiber going across your face or your visor, you're going to get a little piece stuck in your face. Maybe. And I mean, I know the helmets are stronger, but yes. again, you, there's only so much that you can do when you have it traveling at that type of speeds. Um, and Hamilton was on the radio, you know, saying it's dangerous. He was falling right behind him. Yeah. Parts are flying everywhere. So then eventually the FIA did step in um, and, and eventually he did pit. And afterwards, he lost the wing mirror, like we showed you. He's hanging on to the wing mirror. Then he lost that wing mirror, damaged Hamilton's wing mirror, and then he stayed out again. And then eventually, the FIA did step in and asked him to box. But that was already two or three laps too late. And he caused some serious damage also to Lando Norris because part of the debris from his front wing got into Lando Norris's uh, brake ducts, and it led to overheating. And that was one of the issues his car had, in addition to the crash with Alex Albon. Yeah. So he affected two people's races. I mean, first of all, thankfully, Hamilton was okay. And, yeah, and it didn't sure. result in any serious injury. But why the hell the FIA didn't show the black and orange flag? And that flag is meant for a car that is damaged and that needs to be come yep. into the pits to repair. I, I just don't understand it. And Ferrari should have done a better job. I mean, they told him to box and he ignored it. But that's where the FIA has got to intervene right away. I mean, we're seeing it live on the broadcast that yeah. parts are flying off everywhere. And we didn't even see in detail how close that part got to Lewis Hamilton and eventually damaged his right side of the car as well. So that part really, really bothered me that it could have ended a lot worse. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. I think that's it, really. Yeah. I mean, I could keep going, but... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy reaction, though, from Lewis Hamilton to somehow be able to see that and and to kind of avoid it. Yeah. The one thing I did want to say is... uh, Charles, Leclerc, Charles' response would just to let you know, I think it feels fine. I feel like people say that when they're trying not to sound like an asshole, but they're trying <laughs> to be right at the same time. I'm not saying he was an asshole. Don't take me in that way. I'm just saying. Run with it. Run with that's, it. That's <laughs> you know that's something I would say when I'm trying not to sound like an asshole. Me personally, I'm not blaming Charles Leclerc on this for the for, yeah. for this, but just, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I get it. I get it. I, I'm just saying that if if he can go through 130R one-handed, just just getting back to that clip. Yeah, great move. Pretty, we haven't seen the last one-hander we saw with Alex Albon in his first race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty. You know, I tried it on F1 2019, and it's possible. It's doable. It's possible. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, but I think it's a little too easy. I mean, that <laughs> used to be a very scary corner, and now yeah. he's going through it here, and then just a little tilt, and yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> 
so he did get a uh, post race, got 10 seconds for uh, not pitting. Mm-hmm. And then Ferrari also was fined 25,000 euros for Makes sense. Know, not telling him to box sooner. So, yeah, that, that could have been uh, could have been dangerous. But, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought of the whole Verstappen incident with Charles Leclerc and then the subsequent damage that was flying off of his car. And, and you know, mm-hmm. should he have, obviously, he should have come in earlier. But, uh, you know, what do you think the FIA should do maybe in the future to, to persuade teams? Because I, I think that is one thing for the team to tell him to come into the pits, but it's up to the driver as well, right? Yeah. And, and as we saw in the transcripts, he did stay out. And I mean, he heard it before turn 15. So I think he would have had enough time to, you know, box and confirm and come in. But I think the FIA needs to be a lot quicker and, and recognize the damage, which we saw right away. Yeah. And, and I think it was going into one of the Dagners that we saw his front wing literally hanging off and sparking on the ground. Yeah. FIA has got to get right on that and say, you, you have to come in because this is a hazard to the other drivers. Yeah, for sure. And if we want to talk about safety and, and, and what we can do to improve these things, then that should be one of the things is bring a driver in. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So let us know what you thought uh, in the comments down below. But continuing on, um, another note I made uh, about Valtteri Bottas. A, a very good weekend for Valtteri. Yep. And he had to wait this long for his third win of the season. About six months, if you guys remember back to Baku. Which is surprising. I can't believe that's right? his third win of the season. It feels like he's been doing really well this season, but he only has three wins. Um, and it shows you just how quickly the season can get away from you if yeah. if you're not on uh, Lewis Hamilton's level. And he even out-qualified Lewis here, which has been a, a pretty good help. Yeah, I feel that's been a regular thing for him this year, though. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the qualifying uh, head-to-head is, but he has out-qualified him in tracks that you wouldn't expect, like Silverstone uh, here in Suzuka. So he's done a really good job there. I think he's done, since he's come to Mercedes, this has probably been his best qualifying season so far. But well, He could have had two more race wins under his belt. I think so. I think there was a couple of scenarios that uh, when we look back at it, he probably should have had more than three for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the last 10 races or so, Mercedes have been on the back foot a little bit, and uh, and he's kind of fallen back a little bit. But I think he had a really good weekend, controlled the race very well once he mm-hmm. got out to the front. Was a little bit dodgy there with Lewis in the later stages of the race. They didn't think that Lewis was going to come in, but you know, luckily Mercedes stayed true to uh, to the strategy, and then Bottas eventually took the win. And did you hear uh, his yeah. team radio? Yeah, just... Brilliant, man. He's got an amazing sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys didn't see it, uh, he got onto the radio and he's like, "He is gonna come in, right?" <laughs> well, oh no. So you're talking about that I'm one? I'm talking about that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was talking about a different one. This one was post race. He got on the radio and he's like, uh, you know, he's doing all his thank yous or whatever. And then he's like, James, it's Valtteri. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a good sense yeah. of humor on him. <laughs> he did say he'd get him one, you know, later on this season. So that's good true. for James for keeping his word. He, he got him Shout one, out you know. To James, yeah. Um, <laughs> I totally even forgot about that. Yeah. Remember, we were wondering, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the race that they're going to pay him back yeah. on. But the true, they did. They, they did pay him back for one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I also did <laughs> love his comments like, he is going to come in, though, right? Like, he <laughs> yeah, is going to yeah. come in. <laughs> and he, you, you know that he was not sure. If he <laughs> no, was... he wasn't sure. I wasn't sure watching that race. I'm like, he, I'm like, realistically, he could probably go to the end of the race and keep that position. He could have, yeah. I Was what I was thinking. So I was just like, well, he might not, you know? like. Well, Lewis was even confused, too. He was asking for guidance of where the strategy was going. But yeah. um, it, it was Valtteri's day. So made the most of, obviously, the, the botched start from Vettel. 
and uh yeah led after led every lap for the most part after that so uh, a good win for him but disappointing though i think that he'll look back on this season and he'll be satisfied and happy with how he bounced back from 2018 but i think he'll be a little disappointed that he couldn't get closer in the championship yeah um i'm still thinking of valtteri say james it's valtteri that's pretty good actually <laughs> james it's valtteri good job um yeah no that was pretty good i wonder if i hope people let him drink his coffee this week after the race I think they did. I think he had his porridge as well. You remember that? Nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and on uh, on Sky Sports as well after. Now, I don't know if this was live, but they're walking down the pit lane and they're asking him questions about the race. You know, how's the victory? And then they asked him, um, you know, remember the first race of the season, uh, he, he had his famous line of, to whom it may concern, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they asked him a similar thing. He's like, was this another one of those scenarios? And then he said, like, the same thing again. But I don't know if it was live or not. I was just, like, the commentators kind of looked at him like, oops. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Definitely live. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> their race was live the whole weekend. So, Valtteri doesn't care. I like no, it. he really doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nice to see if you, you know, you kind of know you're the number two driver. You can do kind of in control of what you're, what you're going to be doing next year. So, yeah, why yeah. not say what you want? No, I mean, he he's at a good place right now. He's got his contract confirmed. So, yeah, we'll see how he does for the rest of the year. Um, another driver I wanted to talk about, Carlos Sainz. Another P5. I mean, great race for him. Again, like I said, he last race, he was kind of in Lando Norris's position, you know, the races before that. Um, he held on the entire race. He was in that comfortable position where he didn't have to fight for the top four, but he was also, you know, keeping ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Um, so fantastic race and you probably would have wanted if you didn't need to pit towards towards the end you know and alex albon ended up taking his track position i think carlos Sainz would have had a you know good top four finish probably his i want to say his best position yeah it would have equaled his best position yeah. in f1 yeah so and honestly i thought at the start of the race i thought vettel was going to get a penalty and i thought leclerc was going to get a penalty i'm like carlos Sainz might get a podium might actually yeah, i think tyler was messaging us the same thing i was like I actually wanted Vettel to get the penalty at that point. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it would be great if Carlos Sainz gets yeah, a podium. Yeah, it would be great for Carlos Sainz to get a podium because he's a great driver. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, he would have had his best finish of the season and, and of all, well, matched his best finish of all time. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, I, I think it's great. Unlucky for Lando Norris. Last couple of races, he's qualified pretty well. But then he had the contact with Alex Albon. He had the debris fall into his brake duct. And then in previous races as well, he's either had a slow pit stop or mechanical failure so i mean he's still collecting points but it's just he, he could be there with carlos Sainz mm -hmm. as well but we're seeing the difference in terms of carlos Sainz with a couple extra years of f1 experience yeah he's able to craft his race much better and his pace man was it was pretty good and he even had some contact with lewis hamilton mm -hmm. he's been racing lewis hamilton a lot on the yeah, first lap this been. year yeah for sure so I, I like it, man. I think, it, yeah, he tried to go for an overtake in the first lap, too, didn't he? Yeah, he, almost, yeah, he, did. he almost had <laughs> yeah. it, too, yeah. Yeah, and I think it, minor contact didn't really affect either guy, but, um, yeah, he, he's great. And and I think McLaren, they're knocking on the door. If next year they can do a little bit better, they might snatch a podium you or two. to make up for his FIFA loss. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> he did get a bowling win, though, so oh, he's 2-0 okay. up on Lando Norris this weekend. So <laughs> good weekend for, uh, for Carlos and Suzuka. And uh, we just mentioned him, Alex Albon as well. Best finish in Formula 1 to date. Yeah. Not only the P4, but also matched Max Verstappen in qualifying. And when I say matched, I mean to exactly, the thousandths of yeah. a second. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, 
So yeah, no, amazing weekend from him. Yeah, like I think the only fault in his race was that little incident that he had with Lando Norris. Um, I don't think there was any penalty given for that incident either. So it was kind of just more of a racing incident. I mean, kind of didn't really ruin Lando Norris's race, but because he was going to pit in that anyways, kind of just put him back a little bit. Um, but he recovered fairly well. And I think that was the only, like I said, only fault in Alex Albon's, Al- Albon's race. Yeah, he sent it. I only saw one angle of that, uh, unfortunately, after the race. So I'd like to see another angle before I could kind of really see exactly whether it should have been a penalty or not. Yeah. That one was a borderline one, though, because, I mean, the door was somewhat open from what mm-hmm. I saw from the onboard, but he did send it from a long way away. And, you know, Norris was already committed to that corner. So I'm almost thinking that Alex Albon was very lucky to get away with not getting a penalty there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I know Fair Lando enough. was going to pit the same lap, yeah. but <laughs> still. He wasn't too happy about that. No, but, yeah. but they're great friends, and we saw afterwards in the race, you know, he gives them a little bit of a bump, and, yeah. and good for Lando Norris, man. He took it took it on the chin. Yeah. I mean, that's what you, that's what you want. It's both their first years. They've raced together growing up, so they kind of know each other's race a little bit, and, and I, we mentioned it before we went on. There was a couple races ago when Alex was, I think, his second or third race for Red Bull, where he almost, uh, he was about to overtake Norris and Norris just kind of gave him the space because you saw in the interview afterwards where he was like, I, I didn't want to hit Alex, you know? Yeah. That was just what it came down to. That's what I was aiming for. So, um, yeah. I feel like Alex got Lando Norris back for the nudge from last race. Yeah, he and did. Then, <laughs> but on track, on track this time. On track, on yeah. track. And then Lando was just like, okay, well, if I get him this time, we're actually even because he got me on track. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah, good banter between the two. Um, and the guy that was in his car last year, Danny Rick. We we haven't talked much about Daniel Ricciardo this season, and it disappoints me, man. I Watching we some, have talked a lot about Danny Rick, just not in good situations. Yeah, not in good situations. And I watched sometimes some highlights from last year, and I, I look at his moves and his race wins, and it's just like, man, I really wish he would have stayed at Red Bull because Renault has been a disaster this year. And we'll talk more about it in, in the whole season review. Yeah. They're doing a little bit better since the summer break, but yeah, not the greatest season they've had. It could get even worse yeah. uh, if you guys haven't heard about it. But before we get onto that with Renault, I mean, a great drive from Daniel Ricciardo, P16 to P6. Mm-hmm. And he was on that Renault special strategy where they just leave him out as long as possible until there's like barely any tread left on the tire. And then they bring him in. But this time it worked out fairly well yeah. because he re-entered the track. I think he was around P11. And then they let the honey badger loose. Yeah. <laughs> and you heard it on the radio after he passed all those cars, he got past Hulkenberg. They're like, go get him. And he's like, thank you. He's like, yeah, I will. Like, I will go get them. And that's exactly what he did, man. Pulled off some good overtaking moves and finished P6 because he was bumped up from Charles Leclerc's penalty. Yeah. So he was originally seventh, but uh, finished sixth. So really best good. finish of the season? Uh, second best. He was P5 in Italy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or actually, sorry, I think he might have been P4 uh, in Italy. Yeah. Interesting. I believe he was P4 actually in Italy because Hulkenberg was uh, P5. If uh, I have it over here. Yes. Daniel Carter, fourth place in oh, nice. Monza. So that was a good good result for Ha, or not Ha, sorry, Renault uh, in that race. But it's just unfortunate. And we look back at, at the move from, from Ricardo, and we were talking about this when he made the move. And we said, well, you know, the same people said the same thing when Lewis Hamilton went over to Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I look at this, though, as a difference of when Lewis was at that one year at Mercedes in 2013, they still won a race or two. Yeah. 
he still had podiums, a couple pole positions, if I'm not mistaken. Renault haven't been anywhere close, and they're going to be fifth in the Constructors' Championship. Yeah. They're going to finish behind the team that they're supplying their engine to. They've had the reliability team that didn't problems. Have the greatest position last year. No, you know, not doing so well at all. And then to have a turn around on them because they were fourth last year, I believe, right? It yep. wasn't Haas, yeah. So yeah, it was, they were. It was Renault that was in the fourth position last year. So kind of to kind of see that happen to them this year is kind of disappointing. Um, and like you said, it's just kind of gonna, it's kind of just spiraling worse and worse for them with the whole with them losing McLaren in twenty twenty one. You know, I think Danny Ricardo signed on until twenty twenty one, and they're not too sure what's gonna happen, and he's getting paid a lot, so right. So it should be really interesting to see where Renault end up, and I hope they end up back on their feet. Um, Yeah. And it could get even worse for Renault because post-race, Racing Point lodged a a protest, official protest to the FIA uh, against Renault for a preset brake bias adjustment. So as of right now, I think they're supposed to reach some sort of a decision possibly later on in this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're recording this, we haven't heard anything, so the results still stand. But the Japanese Grand Prix results are still in doubt for Renault pending this investigation. And honestly, I don't think that is just Japan because this report from Racing Point, they said it was about 12 pages long. So for them to have done 12 pages within, you know, overnight or in a couple of hours doesn't yeah. seem likely. So this seems like something that has been boiling boiling over for a couple of races from Racing Point. Now, I don't know why other teams haven't lodged any requests. Maybe Racing Point has some info that they don't, but the FIA approved the the protest against them, so it's now being reviewed. These things kind of take a long time. Yeah. And Renault's electronic control units and steering wheels have actually been impounded by the FIA to go through this investigation. And basically, I mean, you know, brake bias, the drivers can adjust by by the steering wheel in the car. And it's obviously adjusting the balance between the front and rear brakes. Yeah. Depending on which corner you go to, you go into a high braking zone, you're going to move the brake bias a little bit to the front um, to to not you know avoid lockups. And then other corners, you're going to move it to the rear. But if you have something that's preset per corner or as the race gets longer and fuel load d- starts to drop off, if you have something that's electronically controlled and the drivers yeah. don't have to do it, that's a pretty significant advantage. So it is, yeah. If they've been doing this, as Racing Point has alleged that they've been doing this in Japan and also previous races, it could lead to disqualifications from either those races or even the whole season. What about their engines? The engines, not related to it. No, but I mean for the ones that they're supplying. Oh, I don't think uh, I don't think it would be affected because this is only relating to uh, the electronic control unit in their team. So it's just the works Renault team. Okay, so, so I was just gonna say if you know the circumstances come down to it, and Renault aren't allowed an F one, I'm thinking more of what's gonna happen to the engines. They are oh, so right. flying. I think that the engine supply will be fine. Okay. I think that the team just will face the penalties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I believe that when uh, they got banned in 2008, um, I think that other teams were still supplied by Renault. Okay. But the works Renault team was not allowed uh, to compete. So. This is potentially some really big news that that we'll try and stay up to date on. And I think next week when we come back for our Mexico preview, we'll uh, hopefully have some more information about it. But it could get a lot worse for Renault. Yeah, sure sounds like it. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, I think just the last couple of things that we had, I was very confused. Obviously, when we were watching the race, it was around you know 3, 3.30 a.m. by the time it finished. So I went to bed, didn't stick around for any of the post-race show. I did not either. <laughs> 
out. Three thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're fans, but we need some sleep first. And I woke up and I saw. I don't know how, because I think last time when I what I remember was Lance Stroll was in like P eight, and then I checked the race results and Lance Stroll was P eleven, and Sergio Perez was in P nine, and he ca- crashed with Pierre Gasly on the last lap. So apparently they wo- they wo- wove. Is that the word? No, it's waved. 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 Right. English. They waved the checkered flag a lap early. So they declared the lap before, and that's why Sergio Perez was able to keep his position at P9. Oh. So yeah, remember Canada last year when they wove wove the flag too early? It was a similar situation here, so that's why he was able to keep that position. Huh. That's interesting. Same with Pierre Gasly, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they're not completely out of the race. Yeah. I guess that kind of happened with Antonio Giovinazzi as well in one of the last past races as well, right? Because he crashed in the final race. Oh, no, Lando Norris? Yeah, it was Norris in uh, no- Belgium, right? Yeah, yeah, Lando Norris in Belgium. Um, where, yeah, he it was the final lap that he was going into, and at least the fact that he crossed over to the final yeah. lap, he and got he to still keep classified. his position. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's why that, that happened. Otherwise, Lance Stroll would have been 10th, who would have got the last point, and then uh, Hulkenberg also moved up too. So Yeah, let me. Uh, that's something we didn't touch on, was Racing Point actually had a pretty good race because Lance yeah. Stroll was doing fairly well at the beginning of this race. Hey, Lance Stroll's had a really good second half to the season. For sure. I mean, if they move qualifying to Sundays permanently, he's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Qualified P12, uh, outpaced his teammate, man, and uh, he's been doing really well. And even though he didn't finish in the points in this race, he was right there. He's fighting for a spot next season. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> fighting I'm for his keep his Formula One life. I think he is confirmed, though. <laughs> yeah, like. I figured. It's <laughs> yeah. his dad's team. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Fighting. I, yeah, I was worried, too. <laughs> so, uh, latest, you get the latest scoops here. I ju- um, I'm just imagining the circumstance of his dad saying that he can't drive for his own team. <laughs> right. Year, you know, just like, what are you going to do? Don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, sorry, I see your last note there and I'm going to comment on one of the, po- on the comment on one of the comments we got a few weeks ago saying we don't talk about Mercedes enough. Oh, <laughs> there is a reason we don't talk about Mercedes. You still read this? as much. Yeah, I'm, I'm fueled by hate. <laughs> oh no, you just set everybody off. I'm fueled by hate. I do read them, just so you guys know. So yes, I will be reading the next ones that come through. Um, it's because they do so well and everybody talks about them. Is why we don't talk about Mercedes yeah. as much. We, was touch, that- we touch on the main points, but I think it was Lewis Hamilton's win that we didn't talk about in the last race. Was that Russia? Russia, right? Yeah. Yeah, well... I think the reason why also was because they kind of lucked into it. Yeah. So there, I don't know, in my opinion, wasn't too much to talk about Yeah. versus this race where there was more to talk about Mercedes, which that's what we're going to wrap the show with. But was that the same? What? Was that the same comment where they're like, you talk, you even talked about Kvyat's helmet? Really? Yes, yes that was, the, <laughs> was like, that, that, that race. Well, I was like, the, the broadcast doesn't cover the midfield, so we have to. Yeah. I mean, we try. We try and get everybody... We do a rundown of the race and try and get the main points across. Obviously, we try and take as many notes as possible, but I mean, we try and give some other time to Renault or Racing Point. Yeah. I mean, in, honestly, in my opinion, we don't cover Racing Point enough and, and it being a, a somewhat of a Canadian team. And we don't talk about Lance Stroll enough, but yeah. we try and really cover the main points of the race. 
when you get a Mercedes that just kind of controls the race and, and there's not much happening, I mean, you got to talk about the other incidents in this race. Well, think back to earlier this season, up until France. How much did that suck? <laughs> a lot. Just being honest, it did. It, like, it was great for Mercedes, but not great for you know every other driver and every other fan that was watching yeah. to see the same results every week and every week. Um, so yeah, that's one of the main reasons we didn't do it. But to get on to this point, congratulations to Mercedes for getting their sixth uh, straight constructors world cha- world championship. Big congratulations, yeah. and, and not just that, they confirmed with the results of this race that they're going to win the drivers' championship because yeah. Verstappen, Leclerc, and Vettel all eliminated from contention, yeah. which we knew up until this point, obviously. So but it's now just it's... Valtteri and Lewis Hamilton in it, pretty much. Right, and I mean it's. Pretty much Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. He can clinch in Mexico. We'll go through all the stipulations in our preview, but it's a little bit harder for him because Valtteri winning uh, in Japan, so he has to uh, make up quite the gap, but it's set in stone pretty much, and it's the first team in F1 history to ever clinch six in a row, both Constructors and Drivers' Championship, which is insane, and they match Ferrari's six consecutive Constructors' Championships from 2000 to 2004. Um, or I think, sorry, 1999 to 2004. I believe that's what the record was. But yeah, I mean, there's, uh, it's crazy. It's been a crazy era for them. When we look at where they've come from in terms of when they first came back in the sport in 2010. Yeah. And, and they were awful. They were nowhere with, with Michael Schumacher and, and Nico Rosberg. And a lot of the credit, I think, has to go to Nicky Lauda, who obviously, uh, yeah. it, it's great to see them win and dedicate this to Nicky Lauda because he was so integral in getting Lewis Hamilton to the team, in the team growing into this juggernaut of a Formula One franchise now. And also, I think Schumacher had a lot to do with it, um, you know, the, how he helped develop that team into the future. Ross Braun, another one. And, and the leadership from Toto Wolf, they've just been able to get the best minds in F1, the best employees, whether it's from the social team to yeah. aerodynamics to the Actually, engine no. side. Racing Point has the best social team. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Lando Morris has the best social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than that, they're great. Right. <laughs> the parts that really matter, like aerodynamics, <laughs> chassis, they've got the best there. Um, and it seems like a great environment to work in. You know, it's that German efficiency that that they're famous for yeah. in their road cars. They've applied to F1. And, and listen, like, let's be honest. The the competition for them hasn't been that great in the V6 hybrid era. They've dominated every single season. Even the seasons where Ferrari have gotten close, they've dominated. But it's not their fault. It's the fault of the other teams that, that haven't been able to catch up. Obviously, Ferrari and Red Bull being those two teams. And even when last year, for example, Ferrari arguably had the best car on the grid, Mercedes still won both championships. So... Yeah, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is something that F1 posted today uh, comparing Schumacher's stats to Lewis Hamilton. And they've done the same amount of races now, uh, 246. Uh, But with 246 races, Schumacher has 91 wins, where Hamilton has 82 wins. And obviously Schumacher has seven titles, where Lewis Hamilton only has five. Um, so I was talking to a couple of my buddies about this just like earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest, not conclusion, but, you know, kind of, I guess kind of a conclusion we came up to was the best way to describe it is it's kind of, you think Mercedes kind of had more of a dominance compared to, and you think Lewis Hamilton had more of a dominance in the past, you know, seven or 10 years. Um, 
with the amount that Mercedes has won. But I was really surprised to see the stat because I thought Lewis Hamilton was a little bit closer to the amount of wins or had more wins than Schumacher. So it was kind of surprising to me. Because what is he at now? I think he's at 82. Yeah, he has yeah, at 82, 82 wins. I think the difference there being was... More races in a calendar year. That as well. Win. Yeah. Good point. But also the fact that Michael, I think, had a little more success early on in his career yeah. because he got to Benetton pretty quickly and they won races, obviously, world championships. Yeah. Whereas when you look at Hamilton, obviously, he won in McLaren yeah. his second year with them. But after that, McLaren weren't able to win a championship. Yeah. So Lewis went from 2009 to 2014 without a world championship. Yeah. And limited race wins. Obviously, Red Bull had their period of domination then. But I, I think that's sort of the, the difference there. But when you look at the stats, and I don't have the exact figures in front of me, he's won a he's won like sixty or seventy percent of the races in the yeah. past six years, which is ridiculous. I think he's had more. Uh, I guess no, same amount of races as Schumacher at this point. I think if you check WTF one on Instagram, I think they posted an infographic of Lewis's wins in, in his career, and you can see the progression. You know, it starts like wins per year. It goes, you know, like two or three, and then five, and then three. And then mm-hmm. one, and then in the last like six years, it's just trophies after trophies after trophies. It's it's crazy. Their their domination has been has been unreal, and it's why he's going to get his sixth title afterwards. And I think that once he officially clinches his world championship, we can maybe have a little bit of debate about yeah. who the greatest of all time is. And it's obviously, Schumacher, but it's whatever. It's not a debate. <laughs> we can get into it. <laughs> I think so. I mean, at the moment, once he gets to that seventh, <clears throat> I, I think we can. Probably it's a kind of a pointless conversation anyway, but it provides good banter. Yeah, it's like who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Yeah, it's like it's Michael cares? Jordan, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it well, is. whatever. You know, even Kobe's you, you better than LeBron. LeBron. But you, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm fueled by hate. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's one team that we've hated on a lot. Um, but again, it, it's weird because. They, they made the most out of the regulation changes, and, and they've just been the best team. And, and I think that even if Ferrari had the best car, or even in a better car, I, I'm not so comfortable in saying that Ferrari would win the championship. Yeah. I think Ferrari would have to have a significantly better car than Mercedes in order to win. Because look at it, anytime Mercedes gets a 1-2, they've converted it. Yeah. I mean, what did they open the season with? Six straight, 1-2 one, finishes? 1-2 one, finishes, yeah. Something crazy like that. Ferrari just had two in a row, and they couldn't convert on any of them. Yeah. So... Every area they're good. They really have no weakness. This year, even you know, they improved some of their weaknesses at tracks where they struggled in recent years. For example, in Monaco, they they did really well there, which has been a struggle for their longer wheelbase car. So I think their biggest weakness is, I mean, they can't have no control of the situation. It's overheating, and they have no real control yeah. of that situation. It's all depending on te- temperature and you know what the track, how hot the track is during the day. So. And one lap engine power yeah. for the first time, really. I mean, yeah. they've used to have the most dominant engine, but now it's their their number two, yeah. as it seems. But yeah, it's an incredible achievement. It, it really has only been done once before, and the double hasn't been done six times in a row ever. Yeah. And at this point, I, I think they'll do seven. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Like, yeah, un- until I see them lose, I mean, it's it's they're the favorites. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a great scenario for for Lewis Hamilton if he wants to break Michael Schumacher's record of seven world titles. Um, you know, it's a great situation for Valtteri as well if he wants you to keep winning races. think he's going to go for eight? I think so. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, he'll have six, right? So he'll only be two away. 
2021 regulations are coming up, so that's a bit of a dodgy question. But 2020, he could very easily equal seven. Yeah. It, not much is going to change in the regulations, right? Unless Mercedes make a big hiccup in terms of where they're going to, uh, you know, lead the development of their car for 2020. Yeah. That's the only way I see them. But if they have sort of the same pecking order as we do this year, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, fair point. Yeah. So congratulations goes goes out to Mercedes and all the Mercedes fans out there. Mm-hmm. There you go. We talked about Mercedes. Save the best for last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still expecting the hate, so Fine. keep it coming. <laughs> uh, but let us know what you thought of the 2019 Japanese Grand Prix. I think we enjoyed the race. It, it was a good race, much better than Russia. And even a track that doesn't really uh, allow for much overtaking, it was still uh, still a good race. Yeah, mostly it, from Charles Leclerc, but for over, <laughs> overtaking, but great race overall, like yeah. you said. Yeah, but we've seen a couple. I mean, Sergio that Perez. We saw. Yeah, we saw, I know, saw sure. one from Perez on the opening yeah. lap, which was which was really nice yeah. on the outside, one of the S's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Good race in general. I like the Super Sunday. Um, but yeah, let us know in your comments. Uh, we've got our power rankings that are be coming out after in the next couple of days before the Mexican Grand Prix. And we're actually working on uh, uh, an interesting interview. Yep. Um, that it looks like it's going to happen. Now, we don't know if it's going to be this week or in the next couple weeks, but uh, we won't reveal too much at this point. It, it seems like it's going to happen, and, and we're really excited for it. Yeah, it should be a good interview. Yeah, and uh, you know, mainly we want to uh, interview this individual to kind of explain to us the 2021 regulations and what's going on. The deadline is coming up at the end of this month, and I know a couple of you have commented about why we haven't talked about it yet. Um, so this would be a good opportunity to hear it from somebody yeah. who knows it really well. We don't want to get into, you know, skeptical kind of stuff and just guessing what it's going to be. We want kind of want to wait for more of the rules to kind of come out for 2021. Yeah. We started discussing that. So. Exactly. I know there's been a ton of changes in the last yeah. couple of months too. So it's been a bit hard to follow. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so we'll let you know when that happens and, uh, yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Um, but I think that about does it for us tonight. I think that's it. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks, guys. If you haven't done so already, give us a subscribe down below. Make sure the notifications, that little bell beside the subscribe is hit. Um, that's why you get the notifications when we get a new video, so we appreciate if you do that. And we'll be back next week for the Mexican Grand Prix preview. Till then, see you. Thanks.